Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. Sup. Also joining me this week, the man, the myth, the legend, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. And I would like to wish you guys a very special National Haiku Poetry Day. And in honor of this day, I would like to give you guys a haiku. How do you guys feel about oh, it? Oh, nice. I appreciate that. I don't think we got to say in this. Before the podcast. I was going to say, I don't think we have a say in the matter, so go ahead. You don't. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Fear throat. It's ever amazing. We talk about martial arts. Welcome to our show. So right. this is not a visual medium, <laughs> but you guys missed Mike counting the syllables on his fucking hands. <laughs> So I mean I, I I appreciate Mike writing uh, or coming up with I I think writing might be a, a bit of a stretch. Up <laughs> hey, hey, wait a second! Wait a second! I wrote it. It's okay, written. but it personally it kind of lands with all the other haikus. I just I'm I'm not a poetry guy, and I always feel like haikus specifically just like you have to inter a lot in those. There's a lot of like work on the. On I feel the, the impressiveness of the haiku is the fact it. that they produced it. Not that it needed to be there in the first place. Like, oh, wow, you hit the, you, you follow the <laughs> syllable rules. Good for you. <laughs> but thank you, Mike. We appreciate it nonetheless. Thank uh, you, Jesus. Yes, I made and, some art for you guys, and it just gets shit on. And people, <laughs> just a f- good news for anybody here who, for some reason, isn't aware: tax day is not till six months from now. If you are a person, so chill out. Wait, what? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't think it applies to everybody. I thought taxes. I thought tax day is extended to October 18th. Before I give tax advice, Mike, maybe check, make sure I'm right, it, please. <laughs> it is for us. I looked it up. It is for us because of the weather or something. Yeah. All the Bay Area uh, counties got extended. I don't. I think, think the I thought whole everybody. Country... I'm, I'm googling tax deadline 2023, and it's telling me October 16th. I thought it's everywhere. I, well, I read. I read it was Bay Area for sure. Specifically because of weather, whatever. None of that I, matters to me. I always do my taxes basically as soon as I get smart. my uh, my tax forms. And that's a good habit. You know what? File your taxes today, people. I take back what I said because I don't even know the rules. Mark just threw cold water <laughs> I'm like, on it. I'm like Ned Flanders in that one episode of The Simpsons. It's good. It's, that's a good habit to get into. You run don't to the post it. office immediately. Yeah. Um, fair enough. Um, if you have a business... Tax day was definitely today. No extension for you. Um, all right, boys and girls, we're going to talk about Max Holloway getting back in that win column against Arnold Allen in a really good fight, quite frankly. Um, it's the biggest takeaway, I think, for me was just how good it was and, and really high level. Good stuff there. Talking about Edson Barboza knocking dudes out and then out and then explaining to their coaches where they failed as coaches. You know, and, I mean, not how they were, how he worded it, but explaining to the coaches what he did to their poor guy where the guy was still, you know, finding his marbles. Um, that was, that's pretty cool. Um, talk about some fight news we got this week. Uh, looks like the UFC's law trying to lowball John Jones or something. I don't know who could have seen that coming. 
Um, so other fights got announced. We got uh, the poor people of Vancouver are being subjected to the third Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena fight as the main event of a pay-per-view. So pray for them. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Got UFC. We're going to talk about the UFC card this weekend with uh, Pavlovich and Blades. Really good fight, quite frankly, Mark. I mean, it's definitely the type of fight you should put in front of zero people, right? Number three versus number four heavyweights in the world. Yeah. There's actually a handful of interesting fights on that card. So yeah. something to kind of look forward to. Yeah. It definitely is in front of the it definitely is in front of zero people. Well, not zero. We, we I think we looked. It was 80 because my brother was trying to go to this um, at the Apex. And uh, Bellator's got a couple interesting cards. I, when they go to Hawaii, Bellator always does a card on Friday and one on Saturday, which don't know why, but I think they're like, we went that far. Let's Double just, up. yeah, I don't know. Maybe they got a lot of fighters. Maybe just don't know why, but they're doing that. Uh, we'll talk about that because uh, they're going to wrap wrap up their Bantamweight Grand Prix uh, with Patchy Mix and Rafion Stotts and just really good fight right there. Um, and then we'll, uh, you know, a little stuff we like. Um and you know, I'll be the one. I'll be talking about a video game, which is rare, I think, for stuff we like, oh. actually. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Marcus uh, talked about it last week. Uh, Max Holloway and Arnold Allen. A lot of people wondering, is this where uh, where Max falls off a cliff? Um, and uh, none of us really felt that way. We all picked Max. Um, mm-hmm. I know. I at least said I thought it was going to be very similar to the Yair Rodriguez fight in that. It's going to be clear the gap has closed, but that Max is still elite. Um, I think that's what we saw this week, quite frankly. Arnold Allen put up a hell of a fight. I think I had him going, winning one or two rounds. I think one one of the rounds I was very iffy on, but it didn't matter. I did have him um, mm-hmm. losing to Max either way. What did you think of the fight? <laughs> no, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, Allen hadn't really faced any competition at this level where Max was at, right? He has done extremely well in the UFC. Uh, I believe he's he was he was undefeated, um, but he hasn't really fought those upper echelon guys. So this jump up to Max was was deserved, but was a bit of a jump up in skill level that we've seen. And he performed very well. Um, you know, Max can be very tricky, especially if it's going to. I mean, I was going to say like it's tricky if it's just going to be a stand up fight, but it seems like there's very few guys or anybody really in the division that's been able to kind of enforce a different type of fight whether it's getting him to the ground or even working him in the clinch against the cage to you know a a far degree it seems like max has been able to kind of neutralize those types of tactics and it turns into a striking match and and arnold did well but max just had a few too many tricks up his sleeve and i think what was interesting is the first two rounds he basically max fought the those rounds completely in southpaw which uh alan was also southpaw um, and then in the third and later rounds, he did go back to orthodox where he utilized his uh, his rear right uh, kick to the body quite frequently and well. He was able to land that pretty good. Um, but Arnold had a lot of good spots in this fight where he was dictating the, the pace and in, in landing some good shots. I think I think a lot of people kind of gave uh, Allen the second round. And then I think the last round was kind of up for grabs because, you know, I think the corner kind of told Allen. And I think maybe even the fourth was close too. I think the fourth was the the round where the commentators kind of thought thought Allen might have did it have has did enough to get that round, but the statistics so were definitely in Marcus looking favor. at the way mm-hmm. people voted, because um, that's just like the best outcome I think we can really go for at this point. Um, second round was for Allen, pretty much mm-hmm. on everybody's scorecard. 
First round was for Max. Third round was for Max. Fourth round seemed like people thought it was for Max. Fifth round, second <laughs> and five are the ones people really gave Allen. Uh, yeah. But if he did better in four than like three, three was very one-sided for yeah, uh, Max. Yeah, four was the commentator saying like, oh, I think Allen might have gotten that one. And then when they brought the statistics up, they're like, oh, well, <laughs> here Max has definitely outlanded him. So like, yeah, I think they definitely gave do, him the do you think they, I think Do you think even... they started leaning into this? I, with the stat stuff, I was just like, I feel, I know what they mean. And I know we're talking about damage and stuff. Mm. And in theory, the person who landed more strikes has done more damage, right? Um, but I don't think, I mean, look, I agreed that Max won the fourth, but I don't think, I think just looking at a number is a, I don't think we can just do that. You understand what I mean? Kind of like, we really can't, you got to kind of see the impact when we're determining damage. Like, no, you know what sure. I mean? Like, and, yeah. And you saw early, like in the first round, which was still a, a competitive round, like when Allen, he landed a few shots, they were much harder. They had a greater impact than Max's. It's, but it was an accumulation with Max that kind of got him to get those numbers. I think really what the commentators saw in the fourth round was Allen asserting himself fairly well and having some good spots, but Max still just landing more frequently and, you know, in a lot of people's eyes was able to, to get that round. And I think there was a lot, a little bit of contention when they were going into the fifth round. Uh, Allen's corner is basically telling them like you need to go for a finish here and the commentators were kind of like well it's been really close I don't necessarily know if that is the case but they all agreed that's good advice to give like he needed to kind of sell out um, and he did like in the beginning of the fifth round he got very aggressive he really pushed the pace and he did a lot of damage early on against Max and then in the later half of the round also pushed the pace and was able to land some good shots now Max did retaliate, you know, he, it wasn't like he just got, you know, completely out bombed oh, in that last round. Him. <laughs> the end yeah. There. <laughs> um, they, yeah. At the very end. Yeah. He dropped him. And, and I would think that might've been enough to seal the round for him, but it was a, a good round where Allen landed a lot of good shots in the beginning and towards the end of the fight and caused some facial damage on Max as, as well. And overall, yeah, it was a entertaining fight. It was a very tactical fight and it definitely showed that, you know, while Allen hasn't faced a lot of these guys that have fought for belts mm. in what I would consider to be upper echelon, mm. the how well he did against Max definitely makes you think like, oh, yeah, this guy can hang with Emmett, Yair, um, Ortega, you know, and some of those guys have different looks, uh, but he asserted himself very well. I didn't come, honestly, I don't think I'm fair. I think like with the last couple of Max fights with Yair, I mean, not counting Volk, I think I came mm. out of the Yair one. Same way I came out of this one, which was different than the other fights Max has been in, where I thought, I see a world where these two, where both of these guys figure out how to beat Max. It seemed possible to me for Yair Allen to figure, to make adjustments and find a way to and be able to beat Max. That was never really the case in his other fights with guys because they weren't close. Like he wasn't, like what he did to Cater, still, that's the shining example, hmm. right? Of like, you put Max on a guy against a guy who's not on his level. Here we are. Um, we'll see, Mike. Uh, what do, what do we do? What are we doing with Max Holloway? Because he's lost to the champion three times. I think we're all kind of assuming that. Uh, sorry. I mean, Alex is fighting Yair in two months, three months, something like that. Max does have a win over Yair, so if Yair beats Alex. But I don't know. If Alex loses, is there any scenario where he's not getting an immediate rematch? Basically, are we wasting our time with Max Holloway being at 145 pounds? Like, is it time to head north? 
Not yet. Um, I think that, as you said, we got to wait for two months. If if Alex wins, then yeah. Um, Max has answered that Joseph Benavidez, um, echelon of fighter, where it's just there's no way he's going to get a, another title shot. The the champion at that division has just he he has three victories against them. There there's just no chance in hell. It would take a extended winning streak and um max would just have to show something very different for him to ever get a fourth fight i believe uh against alexander uh so he's hoping that yair wins even without the fact that max holds a victory against yair if yair wins then it's a whole new ball game it's it's a fresh set of outcomes uh, he doesn't have the specter of fighting the guy that beat him three times. You don't want him to go up. So, I think I think he waits. I think I would want him to wait as well. Uh, I mean, you think there's any scenario after wait till after this fight, basically, right? Yeah, because I don't think there's anything he can do because it's not like the third fight was the closest of the three. Like he got it, it was the worst one. He, yeah, he, he's it's the reason where we were all people were like he was yelling at the media. When he got out of the cage, talk shit now or something, which I don't feel anybody was disrespect. I don't know, man. I guess it's your life work, life's work. A lot of fighters or fighters are sensitive. But I didn't read people being like, oh, Max Holloway's a fucking trash now. Like, he's the right. betting favorite. He fought a kid who hadn't lost in this company in eight years. Like, I don't know. I don't think people were being disrespectful necessarily, but there's a, re I mean, pe there's a reason people thought he was going to lose. Like, he got washed, bad. he got destroyed. By Alex Volkanovsky. It was a 25-minute drubbing. So, yeah, I guess we got to see. Because I would... I know it didn't go great when he went up and lost to Dustin Poirier in the interim title fight. I think he he got dropped in the first... Like, or he didn't get dropped. He got stunned. Because apparently he hasn't been dropped. Allegedly. Um, but he got stunned in the first, like, two minutes of that fight. And never really recovered fully. You know, he made it to the end and maybe won around. But I don't know, man. I know, like... There's good, a lot of good fighters at 155, but I think Max at 155 is something, a lot of a lot of fights we'd like to see him in, you know? Even like, Justin Gaethje want to fight Max Holloway? I think that'd be pretty cool, you know? Like, I think if he were to want to move up to 155, though, um, it wouldn't be, I don't think it, he would benefit from a John Jones level of uh, absence um, when he went and like built himself up as a, as a legit uh, heavyweight, but... What we saw from, I think, the Dustin Poirier fight is he could be a little, maybe, maybe slightly small for that division. So well, I think Dustin also was from... a featherweight too, right? Dustin, how long was Dustin a featherweight before he moved up? Like, there's that also. I mean, he Dustin's had been at 155 for a while. That's true. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I don't get me wrong. He's like Max has kind of got like a bobblehead. He's a skinny dude too. Like you think you can put on some mass? He's literally the skinniest Hawaiian man you've ever seen. Um, though I think he called himself the skinniest Samoan. He said that about himself. Which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, if he put on some mass, it wouldn't hurt. And also, like, this was a long break for him, right? Like, I don't think Max had fought in... Um, Nine months. Since he lost the... Is this since the Yair fight? Oh, not Yair, since the um, Volkanovski fight, right? That was Max's yeah. last fight? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He normally keeps a pretty active schedule. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Arnold Allen, he's... I think we all know he's legit now, right? I mean, depends what they want to do with him. If they're really going to the UK, well, they're currently, Leon Edwards is currently demanding a lot of money if they want him to fight in London in three months. 
So they probably have to pay him. But if they want to support that card, I don't know if Patty's going to be still yelling off of a hospital bed at a guy he's lost to. But like, um, we got Tommy Aspinall on the card. Maybe we got Arnold Allen on the card. We see if we can get Arnold again. Like, I don't know. What's T-City up to? Maybe. You know, that'd be a good fight. Or I haven't looked at the UFC rankings too much. Uh, but somebody like... I'm sure Emmett. I think Emmett and Arnold Allen would be a sick fight, Mark, actually. That'd be really... Mm-hmm. That'd be good. I want That actually is one I kind of want to go five rounds, too. So if that was even like a fight night here, that'd be pretty cool. You know, give Sacramento a card. We haven't had one of those in a while around there. Yeah, we'll see. On that. <laughs> uh, co-main event. Ed, Edson Barboza. A lot of people thinking Edson Barboza has been in far too many wars, and uh, the losses are piling up a little bit, it seems like, with uh, Barboza. Went into this fight with Billy Quarantillo. Um, as the betting underdog, um, coming off of two straight losses to Giga Chikadze and Bryce at Bryce Mitchell, Billy Quarantillo, um, made the mistake of becoming very predictable. Billy Quarantillo would throw an overhand right and duck his, and eventually go for a level and go immediately for a level change. Overhand right, go for a level change. Did it two times in a row. Mark went for it for the third time. Edson Barboza uh, knocked him out so bad the guy didn't know where he was. That was pretty. It was a pretty rough one there. And then Edson mm-hmm. Barboza afterwards explained to Bill and Billy, Bill, uh, Billy Quarantillo's coaches what he did to their guy and uh, why he did it, how he was able to do it. It was pretty funny footage, quite frankly. I'm sure. I mean, Edson's a nice guy, so I think he was trying to be like a sportsman about it. But like with Billy Quarantillo still not realizing what day of the week it was on the mat, that was pretty funny. Um. Marcus, I think we know Edson still can still hang around in this weight class. It's a tough weight class. Um, I don't. Do you think? I mean, do you think this was him? Do you think he's uh, staved off the UFC trying to give a young fighter the ability to get the name off his name? You know, what do we do? What do we do with Edson Barboza? You think you're going to serve him up to another young guy, or do we get him like let's have him fight another guy like older and let's have some fun? Maybe. Well, I mean, I think I think it showed that you know he's not completely outclassed. Mm-hmm. You know, he still can assert himself in certain, you know, style of fight. And I think, you know, someone that wants to take the fight to the ground that, you know, makes these kind of predictable moves um, with a high level striker like Edson, you know, he had a probability to materialize a, a finish like this. Right. I mean, I think when someone is very desperate to get you to the ground and doesn't will use a single strike to kind of set up a takedown, um, someone, you know, as game as Edson, we'll, we'll pick up on that and we'll be able to utilize that, you know, and it seems like the, the coaching and the staff was able to, to pick up on that read that Billy has, you know, kind of shown in past fights and was able to capitalize on that. I mean, I, I still think there's a lot to be questioned about when he's fighting other high level skilled strikers that he may still have a, you know, difficulty with them because of the wear and tear. Um, but it definitely you know, shows that he's capable of still hanging with some of these guys. You know, I think, I think Billy was kind of somewhat of a prospect where, you know, he had a really good record. He had a couple of good showings, um, but stylistically it didn't seem to work in his favor this time. So, you know, we at least know that Edson can still pull off those types of victories where stylistically, if he's able to read somebody, if somebody's kind of predictable, he's still a very dangerous fighter that he can capitalize on that when it comes to, you know, being relevant at, you know, at this weight class, he still has a lot to prove because he's, he's had such a rocky road, but it was like, this was a big win for him, right? Like he, he was really on kind of that, 
that teetering mindset where we're kind of thinking like it might be time to hang it up. Like he just can't hang, you know, and at featherweight, the skill level is so high. If you can't hang with other guys that are at that skill level, it's, it's tough, right? You can't really rely on some of the things that maybe some of the higher weight classes can like having a, a killer punch or, you know, having heavy kicks or something like that. You're, you're muted. Bob. Sorry. He was fighting at 55, right? Before when he was like that, was he ever, was he, mm-hmm. even, he was 55 before, right? I'm not crazy. I thought he was, I thought he's been at featherweight for a sec here. I thought he came, mistaken. so it says he debuted at featherweight in 2020. So those like Terry Adam, mm-hmm. all, up till 2020, it was all lightweight. Here's the thing, like he's in the, he's sandwiched in the area with like maybe the two weight classes in the sport around him too. Not like he's going to mm-hmm. 135 anyway, but it's not like he's like, okay, let me not cut so much weight. I'll go to 155 where it's safer. It's not safer at 155. It's. Fucking bloodbath yeah, there too. I, I think we've seen. I mean, all the weight division. I mean, I think at this point, maybe besides two hundred five, and maybe you can even say something about heavyweight not having a lot of high caliber stars. Yeah. A lot of these weight classes are filled with a lot of talent rich people. You know, it hasn't always been the case. You know, there were certain weight classes that just didn't have a lot of. Yeah, know, the roster high right now level. is insanely good. Talent. Yeah, every but weight class. To your pretty point, much. 155 and i think there's been a lot of new blood in 45 and even 35 where we're seeing lots of a younger generation of highly skilled Mm. fighters coming in and it's making it very difficult for you know what you might consider to be like old legends or old guard to kind of stay relevant because the skill level is getting so high match that with being younger having less miles on them being able to push a higher pace you know the sport is evolving i think quicker at these lower weight classes than it is in some of the other like higher divisions but even those higher divisions we're seeing evolutions there too so it is just it's always been kill be killed but we're seeing that like some of these guys that were at a very high level before this new guard is coming up and it's becoming harder and harder for the old guard to stay relevant and edson's kind of in that area mike what do you uh what do you want to see from edson before we you know put a bow on this card what would you like to see from this man, you know, best case scenario. What are we thinking? Because he just he just beat a guy who wasn't ranked. Before that, he'd lost to Mitchell, who was eleven, and Chikadze, who was eight, I believe. He talked like he wants a guy who's ranked. I mean, what do we do? I mean, all these guys are young killers. I'm looking like Sadiq Youssef. We can do that, or do we, you know, try to find like a vet for him to fight and you know make it entertaining? So I don't, I don't have any particular person. I think I want to see Edson fight mainly because I think his time as a, well, I guess a very strong think that his time as a contender is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still a very good fighter, and I think he can still have a lot of really entertaining fights. I mean, he just he just put this guy's lights out on, on Saturday. I think he deserves a ranked opponent, but I think it's going to be someone, you know, between 10, 10 to 15. Uh this is a shark tank of a division. Um, you know, you're you're not gonna find many just you know over the hill veterans. You know, to have them fight, it's gonna be a lot of young, hungry, talented people. Um, I was I, I, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this because you were talking about it earlier, but I guess Max called out Korean Zombie. Yeah, that oh, was kind of interesting. Fuck yeah! But I kind mm-hmm. of, I kind of think Barboza in Korean Zombie kind of makes more sense because one, I think, I think Max is is too far ahead. Korean Zombie, I, I think he well, demolishes him. I don't. Well, think Zombie that's is six. 
and Max. I mean, mm-hmm. I know what you mean, like talent wise, but Zombie is six. Yep. Max is mm-hmm. two. Um, and what's Edson? At? Edson is fourteen. I don't know when these are updated mm-hmm. either. But I don't. He just beat sure. a non-ranked guy, but he was an underdog. He's not, so not going to climb too. Let's much. say twelve. I just honestly, in, in, I, Taporia's staring there. I was going to say Taporia. Taporia's again, nine. though. I think that is just like that's just a killer. Well, Taporia's fighting John. By the way, Taporia's fighting Josh Emmett, and it like already ruined the other fight we were talking about. That's what's happening. Oh, right that, now. that's a good fight. Oh though. my god! <laughs> I, I, but I think I think for me, like Barboza and Korean Zombie kind of fill this niche of like they're old guard. Right. Like, and they both, they're both had, I mean, Korean Zombie, I think, is coming off of a loss and not looking particularly great. Actually, I think his last fight was Volk, right? Where he just got completely demolished. Um, and I think Barboza yes. and him are, are kind of in a more similar weight class, or not weight class, just like skill level. I think that's a competitive matchup and it still has a name draw. I wouldn't be mad with Zombie and Max, because uh, I think that's a big, and I think to, to your point earlier about Max and where you go with him. I think he kind of has earned these fun, high-profile fights. Whether and I think at forty-five, Zombie kind of fits that bill where it's like it's a fun fight. There's a lot of name value there, but it's not something where you're feeding him to a young lion. And then you know, if he does go to fifty-five, I do think then there's a wealth of potential talent where we could have a lot of interesting matchups for Max there. But I, I just feel like Zombie and Barboza kind of fit together in my head a little bit. I can't believe they ever fought. I'm looking at because Barboza has yep. got like uh, Barboza's got a lot of fights, and it's pretty much Barboza just lives to fight people ranked five through ten. It seems like yeah, but like mm-hmm. you said, hasn't been at featherweight for a super long time, so maybe that's why. But I, I kind of in my head, I kind of like that a little bit more than Max and Zombie. But I, I do think Max and Zombie makes a lot of sense because I think it fucking sells. Like I think that's a fight that the fans can really get behind. You put that on a fight night main event, no problem. You put that as a I, third fight yeah. on pay per view, no problem. That's kind of maybe in a shitty pay per view. Like right now, this this pay per view in May, where they lost, um, Mar- mm-hmm. they lost um, Olivera, Olivera versus Dariush. That could use something like that. That would be because right now they're trying to convince, um, they're trying to throw money at Gilbert Burns to fight somebody, which I don't even know who that's even going to be. But like, right. I mean, somebody yeah. like that, you could. That's in a pinch. I think you could put Max that in there. and Zombie sells. I think yeah. I think they want to if they book that match. That's a match that they make real money off of potentially because it, there's a lot of name value. Man, there. Let me I tell think you, be they sold sixteen thousand seats in this arena, and I'm sure some of it is that they don't go to Kansas City a lot, probably. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that people with those people were there for Max Holloway. Like sure. I, the yeah. crowd, you it's heard the following. crowd. They were all, and at the end, they were all cheering for Allen too because goddamn, what a fight! Like that was also. Mm-hmm. I I think Max knows what he's doing. You know, Max knows I'm not getting the title shot. Let me try to get a nice little bag here. So the same way you said people went were there to watch, uh, you know, Max fight. Come on, it's a zombie fight. Doesn't matter where zombies ranked. I'm always gonna watch a zombie fight. I mean, you can just mm-hmm. put the name zombie on the poster. That already gets people's attention. You know, simple as that. Who else? Who else in UFC has? their nickname on like on their fight kit and on the poster Ram- i mean was rampage the last rampage one? would have been for sure like rampage like you're basically like, whose name is surplus whose nickname is surplus surpassed their actual name on all yeah. marketing and it's rampage would be the one i mean there's other ones where you don't even know about like did you know henan barrow's name is not even at all barrow like barrow means baron it's like a nickname he's the baron his name is like henan mm. Fucking Silvera, Nasamiento, yada yada yada. It's like seventeen fucking names on one there's of those. There's no Barrow. I think there's no Barrow. I'm not positive. Now that you're, you're, I'm getting, I'm, I'm gonna get questioned on it here. But I'm like, 
Pretty sure. This dude's name is not Barrow. No. Henan Mota do nascimento pegado. pegado. Yeah, not one of those words is Barrow. Wow. So that's one you don't even know about. Like, so. Like, that's not. Was, but know. it sounds like a last name. Yeah, so, it does, because yeah. no, none of us speak Portuguese. Um, all right, also on this card, before we move on, um, Ian Kutaloba smashed uh, Tanner Boser. I like Kutaloba fights in general, because there's some violence happening. Um, Pedro Munoz. Uh, big win for him, man. I thought he was a very live dog. I don't know what the fuck people were saying. Like, him as the underdog against Gutierrez. Because Gutierrez was coming off the win off of retiring Frankie Edgar. Munoz was winning a fight against number one contender Sean O'Malley before he got fucking eye-poked. I'm like, I don't know what would be decided that Pedro Munoz was washed, but he clean-sweeped that kid. 3-0. Um, fake retirement from Clay Guida. That was real weird. Uh, mm -hmm. Making me agree with Dana White. Dana White saying it's fucked up. I think it's fucked up too. Um, Brandon Royville is way too good to be fighting on the prelims, Mark. I think we all know that. I think the UFC should know that too, right? <laughs> sure. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys in that weight division that are being really underutilized, you know, filling out these kind of filler cards in the prelims. And that's just the most recent example. Yeah, we're having fucking these pay these this weight class is coming to its like it's a weight class now. You can't tell me anymore that flyweight is thin. You can't. It's a deep fucking... You spent two years with two guys fighting each other four times. It all built up. They're all ready. And, and <laughs> kind of one of the reasons why it gets this notion of being thin is because a lot of their stars are buried on the prelims. Like, if you look at a lot of past cards, the prelims where there's lots of unranked guys, you'll have someone at flyweight that's like six or seven fighting a non-ranked guy. This guy's and it's four. Like, yeah, this guy's four on the yeah, prelims. It's just kind of like, why, why shouldn't I know who this person is? Shouldn't they be given somewhat of a spotlight? Yeah. But there's been Dude, very little interest in Muhammad Makayev. We, we know how good Muhammad Makayev is, right? He's 12. Like, how deep this weight class is now, man? They got some dudes. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think uh, we'll see. You know, it sounds like International Fight Week is going to be a bit of a thing for them. But, uh, yeah, this card, they had to put it in front of people. So, it wasn't bad at all. Um, UFC's in the apex next week. We'll talk about that. And talk about a Bellator card uh, in a minute here, but a little bit of news. Um, so I'm assuming we didn't talk about some of this last week because I don't know if it happened. Looks like, but UFC 289, I believe, um, is going to be headlined incredibly by Amanda Nunes taking on uh, Juliana Pena in the third fight. Um, we didn't talk about that. Look. I know we're like, me and Mike in particular, I feel are a little bit harsh about Juliana Pena because she comes off as a kind of an asshole, really. Just an asshole is what she comes off as, an asshole. But you can't in good conscience ask people to pay $80 to watch a third fight when the second fight was such a bad drubbing that a lot of people have erased the first one from their memory. Like... Mark, she got 50-43, like, across the board, like, 54. Yeah. It was, she's so tough. And the fact that she won the title was based on her toughness, too. She out-fucking-toughed Amanda Nunes in the first one. Mm -hmm. But, like, if Amanda just minds her P's and Q's, it's going to be another slaughter. I think this is a fucking joke. I've, I've said before, I really think, for some reason, they sandbag Amanda on the pay-per-views. She main event so many shitty pay-per-views, right? And, like, 
here's another one. And yeah, maybe they'll but sell also, tickets. To be fair, also big ones too. Not not of her own volition or their planning, yeah, but she did headline Jones. 200. Shout out to John Jones there. Yeah. She did headline too. She won the title at UFC 200, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. That's how she won yeah, the title. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I mean, we'll get to this fight when it gets to it. It sounds like Barboza, not Barboza, Oliveira and Benil Dariusha might get moved to this card, which if it's Could not going to have a second title fight, yeah, you have to do something like that. They're going to be in Rogers Arena in Vancouver, Canada. UFC has not been to Canada. I don't remember last time they were there, to be honest. I'm presuming I'm assuming it's been a hot minute. At this point, yeah, UFC no, sent, think... UFC tends to go to red states and in Vegas. It's pretty if much this is the, mm-hmm. if this is the only title fight, it's going to be, you gotta be title thinking fight. you gotta be thinking the people of Vancouver, like, what did we do to Dana White to deserve this? Well, they just Dana White was saying Izzy Adesanya is gonna be fighting soon. Right? There's no scenario Izzy's fighting in June, is he? No, right? It's fucking April right now. He's not fighting in six, in eight weeks against, like, who? You know? It would seem unlikely. It would I seem mean, very rushed to utilize him that uh, who's, I mean, again. Jamal Hill? Can Jamal Hill fight in two, in two months? Like, you put him against, is, is Yeri maybe. healthy? You do the Yeri fight, maybe? I mean, if, 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 but if it is Jamal Hill, then Nunes isn't main eventing, right? And I, I, I think don't know if is. You, you think they would put Amanda Nunes... I don't, I, don't I don't think anybody knows who Jamal Hill is. Two hundred five. I don't think anybody. I don't. I don't think. No, but they, they don't care. No, but they. they but like, I don't think. It's I don't think the, the dude's heavier than you. He goes. But that's, he goes that's not been the rule. Now it's just like whatever's the bigger sell. It seems like they've done too. Though has there has there been an exception? I mean, to they, that? they like so Con- they like Connor main event a non-title fight over a okay, title fight. Okay, Connor is the exception. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, what was the last two? What was the last one we did with two title? I don't remember. There's so many cards now. I think they have. I always think it's the heavier. Let me tell you. There's no scenario where Jamal Hill sells more tickets than Amanda Nunes. Okay, as bad as this fight is. I just, if they want to do that, sure then. But like, they need this card and he's going to need help. It's in eight weeks. Yeah. It's on June 10th. This is not that far away. Like, they got to do something. Um, uh, one, one caveat I would say to what you just said, Bobby. I would normally agree with you. Jamal Hill does not sell more tickets than Amanda Nunes. I think Jamal Hill sells more tickets than Amanda Nunes for this particular fight. Does it depend who Jamal's fighting? I think it depends on who the Amanda is fighting. Oh, Mike, and you we and know me, who Amanda Mike, is one fighting. day this podcast is going to get more than the 200 listeners it has, and they're going to be like, no, it's the no. number one hating uh, Juliana Pena Excuse podcast. Excuse me. We like to keep this very intimate, Bobby. <laughs> we will not have 200 listeners. If we ever get to 300, I'm going to say, hey, we need more jokes like the one I did last week to bring it <laughs> back exactly down to 200. Up. Um, the inappropriate jokes do not get cut at that point. <laughs> so um, the UFC 288 main card. Let's talk about that because we lost Oliveira and uh, what's his name? Um, Darush. Darush. Um, <laughs> and the card's bad now. So the main event is Aljamain versus Henry Cejudo, which will sell better than Amanda versus uh Juliana, because Henry can talk shit. People might do something. I don't know. So uh, Jessica Andraz versus Jan Jonan is the current co-main event. Then you have Drew Dober, Matt Frivola, Movisar, Ivala versus Bryce Mitchell, Crone Gracie versus Charles Jordan. Let me be absolutely clear. All four of those fights sound really good. Mm-hmm. You got to put something else as the co-main event to justify this. Um, Gilbert Burns... Gilbert, they're trying to throw money at Gilbert Burns. 
Um, it sounds like they're trying to book Gilbert Burns versus Bilal Mohammed on three weeks' notice. That's a big fight. Um, that's, that's a very it little sounds time. Like, but Bilal's been avoiding si- I'm going to be harsh about it. I don't be harsh about this. Bilal has not agreed to fight Gilbert Burns despite efforts for the last two years, it seems like. Gilbert Burns is also preemptively calling out Dustin Poirier for that fight at 170. When it, when was the last time Bilal Muhammad fought? It wasn't... He killed... Was, uh, they made him fight... Um, I picked against him, too. I think he fought... Was it... What was the guy's name? I'm mixing... Brady. He fought Sean Brady, and he whooped his ass. That was a big one. He hasn't lost a fight in four years. Okay. Look, if he agrees to that fight, Mark, that sounds awesome, right? Gilbert versus Bilal. Um, I never considered the possibility of Gilbert Burns versus Dustin Poirier. Okay. That you got to do something. You got to give us another fight. This yeah, is not going to work. Th- that one's a little too big, though. I think I think mean, they they know Dustin. Dustin's a main eventer at this point. Even like, in a non-title fight, I think he's up there after the Connor wins. Like his next fight is going to be big. Just to throw it onto something to kind of boost it up a little bit seems he, to be. Dustin's I, expensive I be, too. He's not an. He's yeah, going to be expensive. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know if they. If they put anything else on this card, I think it needs it. Um, well, Dana said they're, Dana said we're going, we're trying to get Gilbert to fight, is what he said. So okay. there is a I mean, number I, I think where it, anybody will fight. It's, I think it's great if they can add something on. Like you said, I personally they put out much worse garbage than this. I think Henry and Sterling, I think, is a intriguing fight because Henry retired, you know, as a double champion. Him coming back personally has a lot of intrigue. in a whole new weight class like too. Said, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, this. The rest of the card is good. Like, I'm interested in it. Now, is it $80 worth? No. But, like, how many of their cards are? Very few. Very few of their pay-per-view cards are that good. So, I do feel like, yeah, Charles and and Darush, that's a big loss. And that kind of made this card somewhat feasible. But, like, I don't know. In my head, like, yeah, if they can get something with Burns that quickly, and I do think that He went three hard rounds. That wasn't like he he didn't ice uh, Jorge that quickly. He beat him in 15 minutes. Like, he worked hard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) if they can pull something together, I think that's great. Um, I personally just, like, don't see it happening. And I think, like, I don't even see it as, like, the biggest travesty. You just say, like, hey, shit. Hey, guess what it says on every fucking poster? Fight card subject to change. Shit happens. You know, this card kind of got shit on. Sorry, bro. You know, like they put on they put on worse shit than this before. So I don't no, know. No, I mean, I got really... now that we said it out loud, I thought all those fights are good. Every one of those four fights is good. I just think you need more of an anchor at the top. You know, this yeah, is definitely a scenario sell. where Dana White's like, someone call Cowboy Cerrone. And then they're like, Dana, Cowboy's <laughs> retired. <laughs> Who cares? Dana, he had, he's on steroids. It's fine. We'll get him an exemption. Dana, he's admitted to being on steroids. Okay, we we don't call them. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see what they do there. Um, UFC two eighty, so UFC two eighty eight is the Sterling Cejudo one May sixth. I really, I mean, that's still a couple weeks away at least. UFC two eighty nine is uh, the one we mentioned. That's with Nunez and Pena. UFC two ninety is International Fight Week in July, and it looks like we are getting Alex Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez. And Brandon Moreno versus Alexander Pantoja 
the reports mm-hmm. are that you that the, the John Jones Stipe fight is not going to happen in July. Dana White kind of saying like, well, you know, Stipe Miosic is not doesn't turn down fights, which I'm just like, Stipe Miosic holds you guys up for money every time he fights. But okay, um, very much implying though with that comment that Mr. Jones is the problem. Um, Mike Dana White's are Dana White's fighting with another with another one of his black champions. Um, this one wants money. Are we surprised about any of that? <laughs> uh, no. I, I maybe uh, I should have said by he's another fighting. one. You mean he's kind of feuding again with the same black champion? Unless you're referring to Leon Edwards, John Ed, John Jones, Tyrone Woodley, Francis Ngannou, Rampage Jackson, Aljamain oh, Sterling. Every single Jones. black champion they've ever had. But, what I mean is that just that we're on repeats now with oh, John yeah. Jones. John Jones is like, remember when I asked for Deontay Wilder money? I still didn't get that. And now I hold your heavyweight title. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, do you know what John Jones wrote? John Jones heard that they want to make Fran- they made Francis they wanted to make Francis and gone to the highest paid heavyweight ever. So John Jones called Francis and said, What what do they offer you? Dana, I would like one dollar more than that. And because I've held two belts. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I just want to point out that every black champion they've ever had has had a bad relationship with the UFC. Has, uh, has Kamaru ever really had a bad relationship with uh, Dana? No, he's got, I mean, he did before he became champion. But, ah, he, has, but he, he has Ali Abdulaziz as his manager, so, you know, they give him the warlord money and everything's good to go at that point. So there we go. The exception that proves, that proves the rule. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, Marcus, do you think they get, if they get, I mean, is that good enough? With nothing else knowing, though, I mean, for you and me, it is. But if so, this is gonna be the international two, fight, those we, two fights, yeah. I mean, if for ability, quality of fight, yes. But in terms of, are we going to sell international fight week in Vegas with those two champions? I, I mean, I think that's that's worthy of you know the eighty dollars. You know, now there has to be you know two, three more fights on there, and let's see how the rest of the card fills out because the remaining of the card can really elevate that right if it if it is if it is just pure garbage after that it's like well it's two title fights it's two interesting matchups it's two you know charismatic champions we got two mexican champions too do we Mm -hmm. go for a third oh i mean i think if you get grosser on there i think that really elevates it to to, uh, an international white fight week pay-per-views usually are at that level where Mm. it is you know, like, like I've said in past, and like Scott Coker, a tent pull event, right? Like you have a pay per view every month. Some of them are really worthy of your time and money. And usually, you know, when they have a big event around a pay per view, they really want to boost it up, right? So I think if you do get Alexa Grasso on there, you know, and you have three Mexican champions, I think that's very intriguing, right? Like the stars have, we talked about it in previous episodes, the stars have aligned. You have three Mexican champions. If you can get them all on a card together, I think that would be quite a feat to kind of be able to pull all that together. But it is the UFC, right? There's, it's not like boxing where we have different, you know, divisions or different, you know, bodies that have to work together. It's like, it's all in their house. If anyone's capable of doing it, it is absolutely them and the fighters, right? They have to make sure everyone's healthy and things kind of come together, but they can absolutely book that and make that a monumental event. But what they have right now is very strong. You know, um, it, I think the rest of the card is important, mm. but, you know, to sell these pay-per-views, your headliner and co-main are really your anchor, right? That's really what people are going to be putting the cash down. So they have a very strong lineup already. How they fill the rest of the card out is going to be important, but a good start. So it sounds, by the way, uh, 
that Bilal is the target for Gilbert Burns on May 6th, with uh, currently quibbling over the being a catchweight or not, because Bilal wants a catchweight, hmm, and Gilbert sure. doesn't. And Bilal's saying, you just came off a of fight camp and made weight last week. You don't want to do a catchweight against another welterweight that just got off his couch? Which is fair. I don't I mean, but it's just yeah. fucking three weeks notice. I mean, I don't care. You guys want to fight now. You guys don't want to fight. I'm, it's 80 bucks. I'm not paying it. You know, I'll watch it. You figure out how. Um, so we're going to, I guess that's it for news wise. Um, we'll, uh, we'll see where we go from here. Uh, the other news is uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov put out his list, his top 15 goats, I believe it was. But the list had uh, about 26 people. In his top fifteen, um, because he had stuff like Love number draws. one, he had number one, uh, Fedor versus John, not Fedor slash John Jones, but then it didn't go to number three; it just went to number two at that point. Right. So we just and we had a bunch of slashes. So uh, Habib named about twenty five people that I guess are better than him because he's not on so, his own list. So basically, he had a whole bunch of OLIs on his list. What's OLI? Oh, sorry. Uh, outside looking in. I mean, he literally had Krokop's last Miocis listed as one, and I feel it was him doing, like, they're both Croatian, right? He wore those shorts one time. Fuck it. Why not? Um, anyway. Um, all right. Um, UFC is this weekend, but real quickly want to mention Bellator. Bellator's going to Hawaii. And when Bellator goes to Hawaii, they do a card on the Friday, and they do a card on the um, on the Saturday. Um so on the Friday, they got Liz Carmouche taking on uh, Deanna Bennett, a rematch of a fight that took place. Uh, when did that happen? Uh, back in in 2020, where uh, she uh, where Liz choked her out uh, by rear naked choke in the third round. This one's a title fight, um, having vanquished Juliana Bar- uh, Vas- Velasquez on back to back fights. Liz is having a nice little run here in Bellator. Which I think is good to see, guys, considering, you know, we all, a lot of people forget about that first ever UFC women's fight, and we just talk about it being Ronda Rousey. There was another lady in that cage, and she almost won. You know, well, first I don't round. Know, she had her in that, uh, was it the f- neck crank or something? What did, she, what did she have her in, Mark? You remember when she had her, she was on Ronda's back? She had her, she, yeah, she had her back and stuff. It was, yeah, for a yeah. second there, it seemed like, yeah, she was Yeah, really I mean, okay, maybe off, not almost but... won, but, you know. She's got a couple defenses now. She's won. Uh, she's 5-0 and in Bellator. That's Friday night. Saturday is where uh, is where really you're going to get some. I mean, I'm excited for this one. Rafion Stotts and Patchy Mix. Um, the finals of the Bellator uh, Bantamweight Grand Prix, um, where they are fighting for um, the, it, it had, it's now the interim um, Bellator Championship, Bellator uh, Bantamweight Championship because the champion uh, got hurt in the middle of the tournament, Sergio Pettis. So Rafian Stotts is carrying the interim uh, Bantamweight Championship of the world. 19-1 and one, um, with 11 straight wins, undefeated in the promotion, just vanquished Danny Sabatello in a pretty heated, uh, well, heated pre-fight, not so exciting fight. Patchy Mix, he's on another guy in a run, four straight, um, a true Bellator guy came up through King of the Cage and has now been in Bellator since 2019. Only lost in Bellator's to Juan Archuleta. Um, but he's looked good. He just took out Magomed Magomedov. 
um, who is a uh, fucking he's one of those dudes, and he took him out. Um, you know, he wants to look good, man. My man, the, the dude's dating uh, Tatiana Suarez. You can't be dating someone undefeated and you go out there and lose. You know, you got to get some gold or something. Um, winner of this fight is going to fight. The champion Sergio Pettis is going to defend that title against Pitbull. Uh, Pitbull Ferreira. The, uh, Patri- uh, Patricio, Patricio Pitbull, the better one. So the winner of this will, winner, uh, will, the winner will fight that. Pretty great fight. Also, quite frankly, uh, Mark mentioned you want 10-pole. This is a 10-pole, man. Alima Leigh McFarland versus Kana Watanabe's on there. Aaron Pico's on this card. Kyoji Horaguchi versus Ray Borg. That's another one. That's that's a that's just the battle of the two guys who couldn't beat Mighty Mouse. But good fight there. Bellator is really bringing it this weekend. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully people watch. It's on Showtime. UFC, on the other hand, is back at the Apex. Um, and if you thought the Apex is done, um. Well, you know, don't worry. They applied for fight licenses there uh, May 20th, June 3rd, June 17th, and July 1st. So I should let my, uh, you know, if you want to watch MMA in front of zero people, still going to be happening. Well, we know it's not going to be zero people because I remember the conversation you had about your brother thinking about getting tickets to the Apex. I think he's still going to go. And me being flabbergasted at how much those tickets cost. Yeah, 1600 bucks. It is to go. Well, right now there's no main event. Is the problem because he was going to go to the one after this, which was Armin Sarukian versus Hanato Moicano. Mike, you mentioned Moicano is going to make no money fighting on the uh, Apex cards. Well, he's hurt, so he's not fighting on the Apex card. But that's the one my brother would go to, despite me telling him it's $1,600 just to go there. And then they give you your own personal waitress, and I don't think the food's free, though. I think you're going to spend money. <laughs> I've said it once, and I'll say it again. I would love to live Nikki's life. I went car shopping this weekend, and he was my wingman for that. That was really fun. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay? That was really fun. Let's put it that way. Um, all right. But the UFC this weekend at the Apex. Quite frankly, pretty decent card, Marcus, wouldn't you say? Yeah, there's a handful of fights on here that I'm pretty intrigued about. So, yeah, I mean, for an Apex card, I think it's very strong. Yeah, we're going to pick only the top two fights, the main and the co-main, but because they're, quite frankly, the most... Uh, we try to... We, it's not that we don't know the other fights, people. It's just that we're trying to pick the fights that are divisionally relevant. And you got number three versus number four in the main event. And then I believe it's eight versus ten in the co-main event. But... Marcus, the one I'm eyeballing is Bobby Green versus Jared Gordon. Mm-hmm, exactly. Me too. Uh, that, That's that one's one that pretty really cool. Out. And I'm yet to. I really like Brad Tavares. He's still here. And if the UFC right. wants to know if you're any good, uh, let's see if you're any. Let's let's do this. Um, Bruno Silva versus Brad Tavares. Bruno Silva is the only man to go decision. Go to decision with Alex Pajeda in the UFC so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to him, lost to Mearshart, but he's taking on Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares, you tell him to show up, he's going to show up. You know? He wins two, lost he loses two. Last fight, uh, he lost to the true African, uh, Dricus Duplessis. Yo, this this whole feud makes me so uncomfortable. The Dricus Duplessis <laughs> versus Izzy Adesanya. What I, I feel I cannot be the only one where I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm justified taking sides here in any of this stuff. I'm just like... <laughs> It just feels well, like I mean, we're all poking a hornet's well, nest. I mean, 
Bobby, we're not true Africans, so you, we need to. I shut hear the, the thing. Fuck I up. feel. I feel Izzy is. We're Izzy in this scenario. You and me, literally. We, we are. We literally are. So I feel like can't like. But the other guy's making a point. <laughs> to, to to be honest, because I identify more as Izzy because I've been a DR. It's told. No, Izzy. Don't get me wrong. Izzy grew up in nigeria he went to new zealand when he was like 13 or 14 so he's better than you and me um, at least <laughs> oh yeah like i spent a total of like three months in dr in my lifetime yo fucking uh, four weeks okay that's what i got i got four weeks <laughs> look i'm just saying i don't know if drink his parents were born there that's all i'm saying <laughs> just... all i know is that look Reckless speculation here. The same reckless speculation I have for Marvin Vittori in that I say he definitely looks like possibly someone who says the N-word with the hard R. I'm not saying this is so reckless speculation right at the top. Allegedly. Just in case Drake is alleged. <laughs> I'm sprinkling allegedly's everywhere. <laughs> but Drake's parents, considering they are white South Africans, they look like they say the K-word with the hard R. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, by the way, Mark, if they're talking about Izzy fighting soon, is it him? Because could be. I firmly, I firmly at this point believe that Cam's at the reason they keep saying October is because he can't fight in this country. I think that's got it. That's yeah, the only maybe. way it makes sense for a guy healthy as him. The same, the same thing that happened to Tyson Fury and Tommy Fury, where their relationship with Daniel Kinahan. <clears throat> ruin their visas. I feel someone could probably look this up, but I don't know. I don't see Cam's at training in Glendale, you know, or Las Vegas or anywhere. I see him at lit. I see him at Warlord birthday parties. So Izzy versus Drickus. If Izzy wants to knock out Drickus in a couple of months, I'm cool with it too. All right, we're gonna pick Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades. Brad Tavares versus Bruno versus. Uh, sorry, and um. What was the other fight? Did we lose the fight? Ricky Simon and Song Yudong. Yeah. I think the fight got canceled. It's Song. Which fight? I think Ricky Simon versus Song Yudong is not happening. Just Ooh, now? Sing me a song. Uh, it's not on Wikipedia. It's my entire basis here. I'll be honest with you guys. Man, that's basically like the AP. Okay, I'm going to Share Dog. We're going to Share Dog. It's still there. We're going to count. We're going to book. We're going to pick the fight. Okay, it's the best we can hope for here, folks. Um, Sergey Pavlovich. Sergey Pavlovich is uh, is that what, what? What are the kids saying? He's him, huh? Is that what the new cool shit is? They say about guys who are good, Mike. Uh, I'm I him. I believe he's that's here. it. Yeah. Saw Why that, didn't she go to Mark for that? Mark's way cooler than I. Am. I don't know that dude. No, on the, I saw. No, I saw that. I saw that guy. Lingo. I saw that thing where the kid on the Lakers was pointing at himself, saying he's him, which is definitely. What I think when I see Austin Reeves, that that's that's it. That's the future of the NBA. Um, Sergey Pavlovich, seventeen and one, his only UFC loss or loss in loss period. He got knocked out by Overeem back in 2018, first round TKO. I have no memory of that fight, to be honest. But the way Overeem wins fights post steroids, well, he's on steroids again. But you late you late UFC Overeem. I'm assuming ground and pound TKO. Just guessing. Based on nothing, right. but that's what I got. Um, Curtis Blades be doing Curtis Blades thing, beating everybody not named Derek Lewis or Francis Ngannou. It's, you know what? That's it. He's gonna he'll, he'll knocked out by those dudes. Everybody else, 
Curtis Blades has not fought since last July. Um, I wonder why, because Curtis Blades likes to keep a pretty active schedule. Uh, so, um, anyway, betting odds for this one. I believe Mr. Pavlovich is the betting underdog despite his higher ranking. He is plus 140 to Curtis Blades minus 165. Mike, uh, are you, we all picked the same thing, so I'm assuming you guys are both... Um, Tie, we are like still game up tied on me. for first. That is okay. correct. Since I asked you the question, I'm gonna let you pick. Do you want to pick this fight first, or do you want to pick the, the co-main event first? I have no issues picking this fight first. Okay. Um, this is gonna be a safe bet for me. Um, give me the oval team. Give me Curtis Blades. Marcus. Yeah. Um, I got Blades too. Fuck. I think uh, Sergey has really done a lot in his last couple of fights. The to human blanket himself. <laughs> Sorry, go uh, ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's partly it. You know, um, I, I think there there is some logic to thinking mm. Sergey could get it done. I mean, like you mentioned, Curtis Blades tends to lose to these heavy-handed fighters, which Sergey has absolutely asserted himself in that ranking. You know, his last two fights being Derek Lewis and Ty Tuvasa, who are kind of the king of those type of fights, like guys that maybe – we don't think of having the highest skill level, but hit extremely hard. He was able to get both those guys out very quickly. You know, and I think that win over Ty is the most impressive because we saw Ty and Cyril gone go hard for a couple rounds. And, you know, Ty was able to land some good shots on gone and to have Sergey kind of come in here and just completely demolish him within a minute, I think is extremely impressive. Now you look at blades and while you can say, He's only lost against like these really heavy-handed guys. You look at Francis and Derek Lewis. He has fought other guys that also hit extremely hard. He beat Mark Hunt. He beat Overeem, you know, who ho holds a victory over Sergey. He beat Junior DeSantos. Um, he beat uh, Rosenstrike, right? I don't necessarily think Rosenstrike is one of those guys that carries super Maybe. heavy hands, but a very fucking Mark skilled Hunt. striker. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Mark Hunt yeah. and Reem and Alexander Volkov, who's a very technical stand-up fighter. So we've seen him in a lot of different stand-up fights and has been able to utilize his wrestling and win those fights. Um, Sergey is kind of a different beast, though. We, we've really seen him since that Overeem fight just go in there and really just blitzkrieg dudes and get them out of there. And that's kind of what Francis did in their fight, right? Francis in the second fight where he beat him just blitzkrieged him and got him out of there in, a, you know, 20 seconds or so. It's like Sergey absolutely could do that. But, you know, when I'm thinking of the fight long-term... Curtis is able to maybe withstand that. The wrestling's a big factor, right? If he can get Sergey down, if he can manhandle him in that kind of capacity, which he's been successful for, for most of his fights, you know, I think he can be successful here. But even now that I'm thinking about it, like I do think Sergey's a very live underdog oh. because of just that kind of pressure he puts on guys and that we've seen Curtis wilt against it. So it's tough. So the thing with, so I'm going with Curtis. Um, I kind of hope one of you guys are going to take Sergey, because, but I do think I'm not confident because Sergey gets out of the first four minutes of this fight. I mean, if Curtis gets out of the first three, four minutes, yeah, he's going to win for sure. It's not a question. Um, they're dangerous three or four minutes. That being said, you don't just have to have good stand up. Um, Blades is pretty much getting one hitter quittered out of these fights. You know, you have to have like unworldly knockout power. And I mean, Sergey hits hard, but a lot of these are like he hits you six times. You know what I mean? Um, I Sergey's 
going to come out of it. I, I don't think this is the time for Sergey to change the way he fights. Because I do think he needs to blitzkrieg him for three, four minutes. And then if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I honestly think that, Mark. Like, because I don't think he's going to, like, change who he is as a fighter such that he's going to, like, let me pitter-patter my way into this shit. Because if he doesn't blitzkrieg him, Curtis Blades is going to start putting on Curtis Blades' pace on him. Which is, you know, get on top of him, beat him up, let him up, take him down again, beat him up some more. And I think Curtis Blades is hitting his... This is a good fight. This is what pisses me off, honestly. This is a number one contender fight. It absolutely is a number one contender fight. Look at the weight class. Look at where these guys are. This is the number one contender fight. This is number three versus number four. The, um... I look, closed the goddamn rankings. But the champion is going to fight Stipe Miocic. And, uh... Cyril Gon's not getting... Is not sniffing a title shot. That's the number... Right now it goes John Jones, Cyril Gon, Stipe Miocic, then these two guys. These guys are fighting for number one for the title shot. And right now, they they got a situation where the champion is not agreeing to a fight right now. So, there's a good. I mean, the next, the winner of this guy, this fight is this fight is fighting for a belt next, and it's in front of zero people, and it's just on in this arena with no advertising. The like two weeks before another pay per view, which is also like I don't know what we're doing here. I guess it doesn't matter. They don't care. Um, I got I got I got Curtis Blades. I think it's better for the division if if Pavlovich wins. Because I think uh, you could sell a John Jones versus Pavlovich fight pretty well. I don't know a U.S. versus Russia. John Jones is everybody knows John Jones. I think you'd be. I think it'd be a good fight. And I think Stipe's a firefighter. That's another one that'd be a good fight. Though I think Stipe's retiring regardless of what happens in the John Jones fight. Just my two cents. But yeah, we all got Curtis Blades. Uh, co-main event. This fight rules. All right, straight up. This fight rules. Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone. I really hope it's happening. Uh, Wikipedia is making me question whether this thing's actually happening at all. Um, Song Yudong put on a fucking fight against Cur- Corey Sandhagen while getting his ass whooped too, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> he is, he's about this life, man. He's a very good fighter. He'd won three straight uh, ba- ba- off of a not good fight against Kyler Phillips. You know, you can't lose to Kyler Phillips if you're going to fight, if you want to be a champion. And I'm not saying he's going to be a champion. He's 25 years old, though. He is so young. He is so young and talented. Ricky Simone, on the other hand, just running off wins. Five straight wins. Borg, Gaito Perello, Brian Kelleher, Rafael Sunsau, Jack Shore. Some serious names on that list. Um, betting odds for this one is... I believe Mr. Song Yudong is the underdog, if I'm not mistaken. Coming in at plus 120 to Ricky Simone's minus 145. Marcus, this one's yours. Who do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I too am very excited about this fight. And um, I'm going with Ricky because I've really just fallen in love with this kid yeah. in his last couple of performances. Um, he's really impressed me. Just like his work ethic, you know, he is really one of those wrestler types. But like we've seen it just like. The dude's just a dog. Like in his wrestling, like when he goes for those takedowns, there's no stopping, you know? And it's not like he's technically at this like super proficient level where he's like one of these Dagestanis where it's like, oh, I just love how he changed he chains these different takedowns together. Um, and, and he does do that. He will chain attempts together, but it's just like the tenacity that he goes after these takedowns. Like it is like he'll go for a double to a single or something or a single to a double. 
Um, but it is just like that nonstop, like wherewithal when he commits to it, he keeps going. And like, that's something that is really, I've fallen in love with, with watching his fights. It's just like, yeah, this guy doesn't stop. Like you may initially be able to defend the takedown, but he's not, he, that does not deter him from going. And these other skill sets have continued to grow with him. His hands have gotten better and he's gotten better at submission as submissions as well. Song Dong, you know, he kind of exploded on the scene. He was kind of a dynamic striker. He had heavy hands. And we've seen him fight higher and higher competition. He'll do really well. Sorry, I know I'm breaking up a little bit. Um, but yeah, that, that last Corey fight, I think, was a big step up for him. And he met the challenge. And even in a losing effort, he showed that he is, like you said, Bob, like of this life. But just at that skill level, like... He needs to be considered to be one of these top guys in a weight division filled with killers. And it's really like we've, we're seeing these two guys really come into their own and getting smashed together here. So I think it's really intriguing. But I, I just I, I mostly um, just like Ricky and I want him to win. So I this is just breaking news. Oh. Apparently, this is now the main event for October 29th for August 29th. This fight. This fight apparently is now the new main event instead of the Moicano. This is according to Colin Oyama, who is mm. uh I think he's I, mean, Ricky. I think he trains Ricky. I think he trains Ricky. He's one of the guys who trains Ricky, because I know he also trains uh up with um Ed Herman. Yeah, according Aaron Bronstetter. That is, is the main event. So we're gonna talk about this next week anyway, but you already made your pick. We might as well make our picks. We're talking about it. We might just we'll just sure. move it to we next can week. Change our minds if things change. Yeah, we'll but talk yeah, about I'm it. I'm going with Ricky. It's five round fight. Does that make a difference to you? Because I don't know if he's gone five rounds. Uh, Song went four rounds. He was ready to go five. I don't question. Hey. The, I don't question anybody's stamina. Team Alpha Male. So I don't. For him, it didn't. I mean, that's the thing. I don't question. I'm not questioning Ricky's, but something to consider. I forgot Song's at Alpha Male too. That's that makes it interesting. With is the he at Alpha Male? Alpha Male, or is he at? Because Ricky whooped his coach's ass. Like, Ricky whooped Uriah's ass, right? Am I not imagining that's what happened? No. They didn't no, do that? because I'm looking here. Uriah, Uriah I want to see this because Uriah beat him in 46 seconds by TKO. And I'm like, how? <laughs> what happened in that fight? Oh, wait. Yeah, he dropped him immediately. Well, yeah. fuck. They know how to beat him in a minute. What are we doing here? Okay, anyway, you got you got, uh, you got got Ricky. Mike, that's, who do you got? And that's old ass. Uh, yeah. That's old ass Uriah. Um, I'll be joining... Uh, Mark, on this pick, I'm going to be going with, uh, you know what? You know what? I'm actually going to go the other way. Um, I think uh, similar similar to the main event, I think Song of Dog is a, is a live dog. And uh, I'm going to take an opportunity to, to go the other way on this one. I'd like that. I mean, I, I'm going with uh, Ricky because momentum is a thing. And he's he's got better momentum right now than uh, Song. But I recognize this is a this is a very close fight. Like I think if they're both coming off wins, it's a straight pick them. I think the fact that Song lost his last fight, um, that was a big step up in competition for Song also against uh, against Corey. And I, I mean, he got a butt kick, but a lot of that was just like the damage he was wearing. I thought he was exchange throwing some good stuff too. I'm kind of excited for this at five rounds though, Mark. If I'm being honest, I don't necessarily know if it's gonna. Go Maybe it will. Actually, they're both tough guys. Five rounds of these yeah. two guys might actually I mean, be quite a fight. That that. That card was hot, hot garbage. <laughs> so, like, the, uh, the main event they they had was decent, but once they lost that, it was like, oof. Because, like you mentioned, Nikki was potentially going to go to that. I think he's and still I was going like, to. 
<laughs> if, if you can, that's great. You know, if you can, if you have the the funds to kind of make it out there, because I think that that'd be a, a fun event to see any of the Apex cards, because it's such a small venue, and it you know you, you get like such great seats because there's no um, options there really. But like that card was like the stinkiest of the stinky I've seen in a while. So I, I think that's a smart move to move it over. Um, and just a great fight. Five rounds does make it yeah, intriguing. I'm, and I I'm, honestly I'm forgot the song was that you're alpha male. So, yeah, yeah, how do they get them to do five rounds? You just. I don't know. I mean, if they just did it. Like, hungry. the weight cut's already happening if it's fucking Monday. They've started. Yeah, like, how do you prepare for an extra two rounds when you're already kind of preparing for that cut? I mean, they just threw really, money you know how? Right? You know how? They got a fucking bag. That's how. What bag? I mean, they gave these they kids better, making 30 and 30, gave them 35 and 35. Better, they better be getting compensated for this inconvenience. I, well, honestly, don't you get more money in the main event, too, if you're on the fucking, not Reebok, whatever the shit, yeah, Venom you stuff? Get, you get yeah, a couple extra bucks? sponsor stuff. Honestly, I imagine with these two guys, they're just happy to be like, oh, main event, like I'm going to be on the fucking poster and actually get like I I would imagine UFC probably paid them a little bit more, but it's really the exposure that they're probably most interested in, which is sad. I mean, they should be getting a shit ton of money for taking on like, you know, in a week's couple notice to like go an extra two rounds at this high level with this exciting of a fight. But I do kind of feel like these guys are at a point in their career where it's like, oh, this is just a big opportunity for me. Absolutely, I'm going to jump at it. And the dollars might not make total sense to them, but I imagine they're thinking like, well, this is a real, like, this is a marketing opportunity. You know, the like, only this reason, is going to be the first main event. The only way, reason, I think Corey was, Sandhag, that was a main Song event. Dong and Corey main that was, event. That yeah, was another so main he's, event. He's been yeah. there, so. The only reason that almost made me not pick Ricky Simone is because he she cut off the mullet. That mullet he used to have was <laughs> fucking... Top notch. No, dude. The, the fucking, honestly, like, they have such a roster right now, guys. Every weight class is just, I mean, look, heavyweight and light heavyweight could be better. You know, just, just the way it is. But, like, 1 to 10 on all these, like, sometimes 1 through 15, every one of these weight classes, fucking just killers. Just underpaid, 10.99 killers. <laughs> um... All right, uh, we don't have a fight this week to do, but we're going to do stuff we like. Um, I got three, actually. One I just remember from earlier today, I sent it to both of you, because uh, there was a very common tweet, uh, one of those tweets people puts up and everybody responds to, and the one was, someone said, what is your most right-wing coded attribute? Um, and Luke Thomas spoke for all of us, and he just said, I like MMA. That's it. Because this sport somehow became, I, don't know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it stands to reason. But, like, a lot of right-wing, I mean, you guys watch the pay-per-view? A lot of right-wing stuff going on in this sport. Um, but, yeah, that's one. Second is I've started listening to a podcast. Um, let me get the guy's name. Um, it's called Revolutions. Um, Mike, are you familiar with that one? No. Okay. Wait, I think I am. Um, it is a podcast about, well, revolutions. Um, I'm trying to find the motherfucker's name, and it's making my life difficult here right now. So it goes back maybe about three years. Um, I'm assuming it's about AEW. Revolutions? Yeah, you know. Rev you know. No. There have been about three revolutions so far, right? So it's a history podcast. Um, Mike Duncan is his Mike name. Mike Duncan. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I used to listen to this pretty yeah. heavy. It's you know what I like. It's just 
every episode, each season, I guess. And I think I don't think I don't think it's necessarily seasons after a certain point, but it's about a revolution. And each each episode, it's very smart. Each episode is about thirty minutes, um, which is very digestible for people commuting. I think because there's some podcasts I listen to that are like hours long, and it doesn't really work for like I have like a twenty five minute ride to work. I think 30, 25, 30 minutes is honestly a pretty sweet spot for something like this. Um, and Mike Duncan's a pretty, uh, you know, respected guy. I went right into season two because, you know, I wanted to know about the American Revolution. But they kind of link together, you can tell, because historically, a lot of them do link together. So American Revolution is linked to the French Revolution. That's the next one. Then it goes Haitian Revolution, Spanish-American Wars of Independence, July Revolution. It just kind of goes piece by piece. And now, if you like history, you know, it's not like it's giving you the most nitty-gritty fucking, you know, thing of everything, but you learn stuff. And uh, I'm a podcast guy, so I like it. Um, the last one is a video game. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3D World for the uh, Nintendo Switch, which is was a Wii U game. Marcus, is where you fill in the blanks, please. Um, mm-hmm. You got it. It was a Wii U game. They also gave you Bowser's Fury as part of the bundle That's here. That's new. Have not played Bowser's Fury. I'm playing Super Mario 3D World. It's a really good game. Um, there's no surprises here. It's fucking Mario. <clears throat> it is... Um, it's not open world, but it's like... It's 3D... It's like Mario, but with like it's like a right a standard like Mario game, but three D. You know, it's literally the name of the game, I guess. Um, yeah, it's in the vein of like a Mario sixty four, um, Sunshine Galaxy. But I mean, it, it, its main kind of thing was that it's four player co op potentially. And I yes. know you're not playing it that I way. I actually did, but that was kind of its big drawing point. Was like you can play multiple. So yeah, my uh, my girlfriend came over and I was like, "You want to play Mario?" She's like, "Yeah, okay." Nice. So we co-opt Mario. We beat the fourth world or third world. Um, and she's like, I'm not very good. I'm like, I'm not good either at video games. It's fine. It's great. You just die. It's Mario. You want to continue? Yeah, fuck it. Let's continue. No problem. Um, it's a really, if you like, I mean, I don't, I don't got to sell people on Mario. You guys know what Mario's like? It's a really good game. You know, it's fun. Um, I may, I may actually get that because... My girlfriend just finished Last of Us 2, and she's kind of like, well, what do I play next? And I offered to her, well, maybe, how about we find a co-op game we can both play Well, it's together. also got online co-op, so we can actually get a bunch of people on it, too, and get into these levels. You know, I think I think you can go up to four-player online co-op, because there's only four characters. You can play as Peach, Toad, Mario, Luigi. Um, mm. And then there's, like, Toad-only levels and stuff, and... It's, I don't know. I think it's really fun. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, I was inspired to... Uh, I'd actually bought the game a couple weeks ago and just hadn't played it yet. But I watched the Mario movie after Mark and Mike talked about it last week. And while I didn't think it was particularly good, I didn't think it was bad. You know, I think Mark's review of a lot of stuff happens very quickly for reasons, basically. Um, was a fair review. It did inspire me to actually play Mario, which I think is the point of the movie, right? To get me to buy Mario and play Mario, it's ultimately a commercial. Sure. That's what the whole one of this movie is a commercial, right? That's what all these movies are. We're gonna sell merch and games. So yeah, uh, Mario Super Mario 3D World. You can play for the Switch. Um, 
I'm assuming you can't do cross-platform or anything anyway. So it's not like you can play with the. Yeah, Wii. I don't think you can play you can, with Wii U. People yeah, and also because I think they. Yeah, so something. anyway, so. Also, though, no one bought a Wii U, like, in general. I don't know was, one person who bought a Wii U. I I almost bought a Wii U Same. so many times because of I think this game. Also, I think like this was the reason I was gonna like buy a Wii U before the Switch came out. Um, but yeah, um, I don't think Yoshi's in this game, or I've not come across Yoshi. Just putting that out there through four worlds. So, but besides that, I'm not sure. He yeah. might be, but I'm not sure. Yeah. He might ride him, but I'm not positive. That's what I would think it would be. I'm not going to just play as him, but you know. Right. Um, but it's real cool. So that was uh, that was it. Um, Mark, would you like to go? Yeah. Uh, let yeah, me not, uh, actually, Mark. Let me one? just go first sure. because mine mine is very short, and I'm pretty sure yours is um, probably more more extensive and better than mine. Uh, <laughs> mine is just uh, a prob- one of us probably talked about this before, but. Um, my girlfriend wanted to watch the final. I'm assuming this is the final season of Succession that just premiered maybe about two, three weeks ago. It's definitely the newest I, season. At the very least, it's the yeah. newest season. You might season be right, four. She wanted to watch it together. I was like right at the beginning of like season two. Um, it was a show that, you know, caught my interest, but just really couldn't get quite into it. Uh, binged the last two seasons and, uh, I'm basically going to be saying the sky is blue when I say Succession's a good show. Nice. Yeah, they, I think you're right about it ending, though. That uh, seems to be where we are headed. Mark? Uh, yeah, not a lot this week. Just a, a few things. Um, this first one's mainly just to inform Bob, and we'll probably talk about it at work tomorrow, but I am caught up on Ted Lasso now. Um, we'll probably talk about it on the show when we're done. Right, because we still got like three or four more weeks. You're muted, Bob. Mike, are you caught up? Yeah, that dude is definitely Zlatan. Oh yeah, okay, thank you. (laughs) I I only knew because you guys said that last week. So when I was watching it, I told Christine like, I think this guy's probably a real soccer player because Mike and Bob were saying he's playing Zlatan so clearly. It's funny. I have no idea. But honestly, he's less of an asshole than Zlatan. Uh, The show is hilarious this season. I think there's been some lines here or there where. (laughs) Uh, we don't want. We'll talk about. We don't want to spoil anything right now. We'll talk about the end of the season. Yeah. But let me we tell you, the second we're done recording here, I'm going to drop a few of them because Danny Rojas has been on fucking fire. So just want to point that out. <laughs> well, Mark, yeah, the yeah, the only other thing I got this week um, was I did watch the Creators Clash too. Now, usually we're not supposed to talk about fight stuff, but I don't have anything else to talk about. So um, I, you know, I, I think I talked about Creators Clash too because there was a few people that. You know, creators that I knew that were going to be competing in it um, and I was vaguely interested in it and my wife Christine was kind of interested in it so we ended up watching it um, I would say that like where was that at where was that broadcast because I saw Marisha Ray was one of the fighters um, yeah it was it. Um, the event happened in Florida who hosted it of was course. this uh, like a streaming service called moment which I never heard of or used before um, which wasn't great. And I kind of knew going in, like this was going to be like a streaming thing that probably didn't have an app. So I was trying to figure out how to watch it on my TV. And they said like the best way to do it is through Chromecast. And I don't know if it's issues with moments or it's issues with the Chromecast, but like streaming, it was kind of a pain in the ass. Um, the audio would go out fairly regularly. It would stop streaming altogether to have to restart it. 
it wasn't like a pleasant streaming experience on that front, but the event itself was really fun. Um, you know, this is an influer influencer boxing event, um, but all the proceeds go to charity, which kind of makes it a little bit more wholesome. Um, and all the competitors are even keeled. Like there's not a lot of bad blood in here. Everyone's kind of there to kind of like challenge and push themselves to do this thing. They're not comfortable doing. Um, and then there, there was actually some people that were, you know, fairly proficient that have done it before. Um, the people that I was most, cause there's also a lot of people on this event that I just didn't know who the hell they were. And I wasn't very intrigued in their fights, even though they still had good, good performances for what it is, which is like the lowest level amateur boxing, you know, that of, or even less than like a tough man competition. But the people I was interested to see, um, Alana Pierce, who used to be at IGN, uh, who then went to Funhouse and now has actually worked on God of War Ragnarok. Um, I would say, you know, being a critic of combat sports, that was probably easily like the lowest skill fight of the evening. Um, and I. Oh. Back right up. Oh, you're Come muted, on. Bob. Sorry. Yeah. Stuff we like I, is really I'm when Mark gets happy. I think stuff we like is when Mark's internet hates him the most, right, buddy? <laughs> well, it's just like that's, what, that's when the federalis they're like, yo, Mark, Mark can be spitting out these uh, these nuggets. We got to stop. Well, I'm about to, you know, take a little, you know, so I was saying like Alana Pierce was one of the creators that I was most interested in seeing and her performance and her fight was probably the weakest of the card. Um, she ended up winning, which I didn't necessarily agree with, but it wasn't really like a robbery. And at the end of the day, it's just like they're just competing. It's not like it, this has really any stakes. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Mike Mercer Ray, who's part of critical role, um, was part of this. I wasn't familiar with her opponent. I think her name was Haley. Now she fought on the first creator clash and she was kind of a late, um, replacement. And she actually asserted herself very well in that fight. Um, and this was kind of a beating like Marisha, just like some of these fights, there's just a skill, you know, level a gap. And Marisha just like did not have the the skill to compete there. And she kind of took a beating for five rounds, but showed a lot of heart. Um, you know, she took a lot of hard shots and kept fighting. And there was multiple times where, you know, the referee in these fights is a little bit quicker to stop the fight because these aren't professional athletes. These are people just doing it for fun. So we want to make sure safety is of the utmost, uh, you know, uh, foreground. And Marisha was was taking, you know, a lot of hits and not asserting herself very well. Um, but she got through all five rounds, you know, and lost a decision, but, you know, she showed a lot of heart. Um, I don't know what his last name is. I think it's Aaron Hansen, who's part of the game grumps, which I talked about weeks ago when I started watching them. This was his second fight last type last time he fought. I think his name is Henry from the Epic meal, Epic food channel or whatever. And that was a huge mismatch because this Henry guy's like six, five. And I think he weighed 40 pounds heavier than Aaron. Um, so Aaron fought someone more his size and asserted himself very well. He, he got a TKO in the second round. He looked great. Um, and then Henry actually fought, uh, Bobby, you'll know this guy, John Morrison, who's the pro wrestler. I think John Morrison like, whooped his ass, didn't he? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, he, Henry's a really He had big half guys. the wrestling community walk out with them. It was wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barnett was cornering yeah. him. So, you know, once I saw Josh Barnett, I was like, oh, Morrison's really a good athlete. Like, he's like a, like, a, not like he's a fighter, but he's like an athlete. Like, he's in good shape. Right. Mm -hmm. 
it, to that extent, though, like you don't really know how a pro wrestler is going to fare in a real combat sport. And, and I look at CM Punk, right? Like you look at how well CM Punk does in pro wrestling and how inept he looked like in mixed martial arts. I didn't know if John Morrison was going to translate well to boxing, but he looked really good in that fight. And, and again, like you're fighting a, a very large guy who's just like who's done this before. So he's been training, but is not really a professional athlete to that level. Um, but that was a whopping. And then the very last fight was um, Alex Wasabi versus this guy, I-Dubs. And I guess this guy, I-Dubs. And again, I don't know who either of these guys are. I guess I-Dubs kind of created this whole event and is kind of running the show. And Alex Wasabi is like, I guess he actually had a pro fight. And this fight was actually a professional fight. It was four rounds, 10-ounce gloves, three-minute rounds, where all the others were more exhibition, five two-minute rounds. Um, and this last fight was, I mean, even for a like four round pro fight, I've seen much, much worse four round pro fights than what they put on. Like they actually put on a really high skill level pro boxing match that was fairly competitive. Now, Alex Wasabi did end up winning, but I dubs for somebody that's not really a boxer really asserted himself. Well, I think last time he fought Dr. Mike, who I guess had been boxing for a while. So he has two losses now. I dubs but i was really impressed with his performance i'm chopping out again um overall though i thought the event was really fun and i think the most entertaining part was like they really gave car blanche for these entrances everyone had fun entrances it, it, it's like what you wish the ufc would have let these people do live bands live performances just like showmanship up to the most event uh to the highest degree and again because these are like a bunch of geeks and nerds a lot of them were oriented in such a way. Like one guy is a big Pokemon guy. I don't know if the guy that sang the Pokemon theme was like the main guy that did it for the anime or something, but he had someone sing the Pokemon theme and obviously let the crowd just got really into it. It was just a lot of fun. So like, yeah, the streaming, the event was a pain in the ass. It did not, that was not pleasurable, but like I, overall I thought the event was really fun and it was for charity. So paying the money for it didn't feel dirty like it kind of has been for some of the ufc stuff so that was also nice so yeah that was cool you can't whoop someone's ass after singing you teach me and i teach you pokemon i mean it did not happen that guy did get demolished in his <laughs> okay there we go all stiff. right but it was fun it was just a fun the, law, the laws of the universe uh we're right yeah here. maybe maybe okay. you would have known something mike um yeah, John Morrison beat the crap out of Epic Mealtime guy though. That was Yeah, if you can watch it on YouTube, it's it's a it's a good can crushing for sure. Yeah. And that Harvey guy, he really reminded me of Giant Silva. Uh he just had the kind of movement of like you can't be that big and like and, move uh, gracefully. No, I like the I, I mean I like I like the Epic Mealtime guy, like in general. I, yeah, I, I do too. He doesn't that guy's hurting nobody. I mean, look, maybe you shouldn't follow his lead on eating, but like he's ass whooping. Yeah. What what, what a great entrance too. He did like the, the, the Sandman entrance where he's like, he he was in the crowd, like sitting on the stairs and he walked down. I was like, oh, that's just, that's just fun stuff right there. So, yeah. And apparently his mom went up to John Morrison in the hotel lobby to say, uh, don't hurt him too bad. (laughs) That did not happen. (laughs) I mean, look, the referee maybe should have stopped it one knockdown Mm. before, but yeah, Mm. that was, that was a clock cleaning for sure. Um, all right, uh, we're going to be back next week where we're going to, I guess, talk about a fight we already picked. Um, but we're going to see, uh, 
Yeah, see, we're gonna see who's the new Bellator. See if the see if uh, Rafael Stott is still the Bellator interim champion. If he's gonna win that tournament. See if Liz Carmouche is still champion. See if uh, see who's the number one contender to the UFC heavyweight title. We think, right? Like we think this is the number one contender. Um, hell, they might still do John Jones versus Stipe. Stipe might win. Stipe might retire after winning, and then the winner of this fight is just the champion by default. We don't know. You should probably watch. Um, back next week, uh, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Gooms. Stay safe out there. Peace out. See ya. You know which? I actually enjoy the second one more than the first one. Oh, I don't even know. And that sounds like blasphemy not knowing it and loving the first, but. I don't know it at all. I got. No. Well, the first knowledge. one's iconic as fuck, so now I gotta check out the second one. Gotta catch them all. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You got it. That's the beginning. Is how to catch them all. Um. But yeah. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening.